Welcome to Locked On Cavaliers, the official Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in the Locked On Sports Network. It's a daily show, yes daily, covering the Cavs and the NBA at large. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cavs and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. If you'd like to submit questions, inquire about an ad, or just say hi, email the show at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it helps other people find the podcast. Now, here is today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this uh, breaking news edition of Lockdown Cavaliers. I'm your host, Chris Manning, an editor at Fear the Sword, a staffer at Hardwood Paroxysm, and I'm joined by uh, another Fear the Sword staffer making his Lockdown Cavs debut. He's also a contributor at A Wolf Among Wolves, William Bull. What's up, man? Not much. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm really glad to have you on the show. Uh, it's you're, I always like having Fear the Sword's uh, Hawks, Hawks Homer, for lack of a better term, on the show, ah! and it, yeah, shout out to shout out to Mort, man. But it, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, you're always welcome. But we're doing a quick little pod in addition to the one that uh, already is up with uh, Chops from Complex, where we talked about Kyrie and Larry Sanders. Just talk a little bit about Tyron Lue. Uh, in case you missed it, he signed a reportedly signed a five year, thirty five million dollar extension with the Cavs yesterday, as first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical. Uh, it's not been made official by the Cavs, but if Woj reported that it, it's probably accurate. Uh, Bill, what was your initial reaction to Lou's extension? Um, well, my initial reaction is uh, Dan Gilbert is uh, paying quite a bit of money for this basketball team. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank my God Lou's contract is not um, is not taxed. Let's just put it that way. Right, exactly. Um, and my second reaction was good. He deserves it. Uh, you know, I, I'm uh, interested to see how – the new, you know, CBA affects coaches' salaries. This is like a total nerd part that I probably shouldn't even go into on a, no, just a fine. quick podcast about the news. But, like, you know, I'm interested to see if, like, the CBA, the player salary is going up, if the coaches' salaries do too. Um, Lou won a championship. He's young. He's, you know, uh, at the top of the, the NBA coaching profession at the moment. You know, he has the ring. Um I think it's a it's a good deal. It's the right thing to do. If if LeBron believes in him, and he certainly seems like he does, um, then you got to keep that that partnership together. If they feel comfortable going into the future um, with Lou at the helm, you know, managing these guys, then then I think this is absolutely the right call. Yeah, I think it is too. And I think for Lou, this is a big validation of what he has done. I mean, he had he was the highest paid assistant. And that's what the Cavs got him onto the staff to be under Blatt after he interviewed for that coaching job and they chose Blatt. He, you know, kind of was very defensive of Blatt after being fired, which I thought was a very classy thing. But he's also he also did the one thing Blatt really couldn't do that almost mattered most considering everything we know about the 2015-16 Cavs that they're really dramatic. He resonated in the locker room, got guys to buy in. Um, like I don't, I don't think they win a title if David Blatt's the head coach. I really, really don't think that's the likeliest scenario. If they would have stuck all year with Blatt, I, I don't think that it ends as well as it did. No way, no way. Yeah, no, I, and you know, it was kind of just the right thing at the right time, um, and you know, it was the right move. And I, I think you know, everybody was right to be skeptical about it when the when the when the move was made, or at least to to. Um, be want to be patient to see how it worked out you know because it was a, a pretty dicey scenario rookie head coach um there were a few times when i know 
everybody's going to say now they they never doubted it, but there were there were more than a few times when I think Cavs fans uh, questioned if Lou is in over his head a little bit, um, just with some of the rotation stuff and. You know, when he said he wanted to run with the Warriors, everybody was kind of like, are you sure that's really what you want to do? Like, what's going on? <laughs> this seems yeah. yeah. Um, but but he, he pushed the right buttons at every step of the way. Um, so, yeah, he, just, he just absolutely deserves it. Get, get rewarded with that big extension. And now there's security and there's stability. And if, there has, if there's been one thing lacking, even though they've been really successful um, – just to get rid of that drama and to get rid of um, that instability, kind of who's in charge, this kind of cements it. Lou is the coach. Deal with it. Like we're all gonna just move forward with this new arrangement. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because even with not just Lou, but you look at next year's roster, the only real change there are a few changes. So Timothy Mazgov's gone. Sasha Khan, NBA champion Sasha Khan, uh, is gone, and I was retired. <laughs> Matthew Delavitt, yeah, he really did retire on top. That's what we should be riding off in the sunset. I know he once he got a re- one year one title. Sasha Khan, best winner in NBA history. Don't at me. Uh, Matthew Delavitt was a buck. Like so, there's these little changes, but you get Mike Dunleavy. But the core of the roster is there. LeBron James is obviously going to be back. Uh, Kyrie is there. Kevin Love is there. J.R. Smith is going to be back. I he hasn't signed yet. We don't know when that's really going to happen, but he will be back. And Channing Frye, who really was the guy who brought together the locker room, if you read Dave McMenamin's story about that and other reports from the guys that are on the ground every day, he's back too. And, I, and Lou is just a guy who connects with those guys. He And I think it helps that he's a former – I do honestly think it helps that he's a former player. Like, I really do believe that. No, I, there, there's something to that. And um, I, I've been doing a ton of research into this, and I'll have, I'll have to write about it someday. You know, he's a former point guard, which yes. is – which is a thing like, um, and, it, and I was, I've been reading about his past, um, you know, and he, he immediately when he got traded to the wizards or when he signed with the wizards, I don't know. Either way, Mike, Michael, Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan had a, uh, had a bunch of quotes saying basically like, you know, or other teammates would say MJ could go at him in practice and Lou could stand his ground and, like MJ respected him. Like he, he just had that effect on everybody, even back when he was a player. Um, so I, I think, I think he's just kind of, he was definitely ready for this opportunity. Um, and really, really made the most of it. So I'm excited to see, cause you know, I, I also don't think it's, it's fair to think of coaches as like finished entities. Like I, I think he can get better. Like there, there are definitely things he can improve on. Oh, I'd agree hundred um, percent. As he and LeBron get more familiar, as he and Love get more familiar, um, he, and, he and Kyrie, you know, they, they can they can gel and get even better, you know, as far as reading each other and what he, what each other wants to do. Um, so so I think you know, he's still young. This is great move, you know. Just get it locked up, get it done. Drama's over. Move on. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he. It's funny. Um... With LeBron, there's this whole thing with him in almost all facets of his life where he's really surrounded by his friends. I mean, Ever Carter is a high school, was a junior or senior at St. Vincent Mary when he was a freshman, and now he's one of LeBron's business partners. He still hangs out with his best friends from high school. He's tight with JR, and that's why he wanted him here. Um, you know, he went to Miami to play with his be- like his best friend in the world and Dwayne Wade, or one of his best friends at least. 
he's known Tyloo for a very long time. Like he and Tyloo have a relationship, uh, which is uh, which I think definitely also helped, and I think is maybe worth is at least in some regards worth exploring more down the line. But I think the Kyrie one's especially important just because Kyrie is the guy that I think you look at how the Cavs are built now because of his age, because of how well he plays on the biggest stages, because of how just dynamic he is and what he can do. He's really the guy that is going to take the torch from LeBron at some point. Even if LeBron's around, it'll be LeBron's team, but there's going to be a point in two, maybe three years, where it's Kyrie's team when he's hitting his peak and LeBron is a little bit older, like legitimately older, not just coasting older, and Kyrie takes (laughs) over. And if Ty has a huge part in his development and not just scoring and, uh, you know, just basic basketball things, but like leading a team in a meaningful way, I think that's really where you get a lot of value out of Lou. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're totally right, and um, I'm excited to see him grow together with this team. You yeah, know, like like you said, as LeBron ages, um, the the benefit of having Kyrie and Love is only 27, 28. You know, they've still yeah. got window here of a few years, and um, just fitting the role players in. Um, and as long as everybody buys in and as long as the leaders of the team believe in Ty Lue, that's going to make all that much smoother. And to, to look at this financially for a second, it's also honestly like a pretty good value. Like you touched on this where the CBA is going to go with this, but if you look at some of the salaries of guys that have been hired in recent years. Um, so right now, if you want to look at where a guy, Lou is making more money than he's made. Brad Stevens is on a six-year, $22 million deal. He's making more than Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens also is extended through 2022 as well. Um, he's got this, Fred Hoiberg is on a five-year, $25 million deal, so Lou's making more than him, and they were both younger hires. Uh, the guys with the same contract as Tyron Lou, Rick Carlisle from the Mavs, who's a great coach, five years, $35 million deal. Stan Van Gundy, the same deal, and he's got even more power on that team. Uh, Scott Brooks with the Wizards just signed a five-year, $35 million deal to, to go to Washington over this summer, so, like, he's getting paid pretty well, but it's also kind of on par with other guys, and, um, you know, in he theory, like it's a lot of money, but it's also you know it's not like he is making you know Doc Rivers money or like Greg Popovich money or something. Like he's making good money, but it's also not something that's way higher. And I think if you know he wins another title, or if they're just even if they just win a ton of games the next five years and everything just goes really well, like maybe he becomes sort of a guy who gets paid a ton and is here for a long time. Um, that's made, that's definitely getting ahead of myself a little bit, but like I, I I look at how he handles himself and how he interacts with the players and everything, and there's just not really much to critique him on. Like his rotations aren't great. That's my that was always my biggest thing with him, and I think he's kind of figuring some of that out still. But like other than that, like I don't really I don't think there's like a big flaw in what he's doing. Like with Blatt, you knew that he was struggling to relate to guys. With right. uh, with other coaches, you look around the league, like you look at. Um, you look at George Carl, he couldn't adapt really to an it's like this NBA. Like he and he was hard headed with Boogie Cousins and he alienated the star player and he's done that, you know, over the course of his career in the NBA, even if he won a ton of games. Like I don't see at least so far you don't see those cracks and those issues with Ty Lue. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any pop up because, you know, it was just half a season and it was a title and a title winning season, but you know, there's gonna be challenges that come up. Um but I think it's right to make an investment in him. Oh, what I'm also interested in, uh, you mentioned some of those other coaches. Um, it, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how he works with David Griffin, just because Griffin is so good at his job. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there tends to be this thing where coaches want more power, you know, even when they don't necessarily um, deserve the right word. But, I mean, you know, I, yeah, no, I know what you mean because it's it's like it, well, like I don't see any Jason Kidd in him. No, I don't either. Or he wanted to or, seize all power or anything like that. Like he, yeah. I think he's content to coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to have that division of power is good. Yeah, and because I, I think coaching and GMing are two very different jobs. Like, right. uh, you, Jay Kidd having some influence in the front office is is different than him coaching Giannis on how to be a point guard. And with Tibbs, like him coaching uh, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns to touch on the team you cover most the closest, it's different him coaching them into this building a roster around those two guys. Like they're very different jobs and they're, they work in different ways because when you're a coach, you don't need to worry about a cap spreadsheet. You don't need to worry about manufacturing trade exceptions and, uh, you know, knowing how to leverage the CBA and how to negotiate with agents. Like your job is just to get the most out of the guys that you have in the locker room and connect with them. And your job becomes a little colder when you're David Griffin or you're any GM, like your job just is fundamentally different. And I, I guess if if Lou wants it, I guess he theoretically could go for it in some way. But like the like like you mentioned, I think the Cavs' power structure right now is sort of good. You have Dan Gilbert throwing money at everything. He's Mister Moneybags, and he'll obviously have a say in things because he's Dan Gilbert and he's paying for things, so he has a right to. You have David Griffin, who's proven himself as a very good GM over the past two and a half years. You have Ty Lue, who you're investing in as a coach, and then you also have LeBron James, who is a you know quite frankly a very good uh, power player in this because he's LeBron James. Right. Yep. I'll roll with those. Uh, I'll roll with that nucleus. Uh, those four guys putting their heads together. I'll roll with that. That's a pretty good situation to be in. Yeah, that's a very good situation. <laughs> and and uh, Bill, just if you had to give this a letter grade, Tyler's extension, what would you give it? Uh, I don't even know, man. Uh, a. Yeah, I it's go. Good. Yeah, it's good. I, I like guys getting paid when they deserve it, and he deserves it. So I like it. Yeah, I do too. I I, I think it's fair. Um. And we'll see, you know we'll see obviously how it turns out, but I think there's not really any reasons right now to feel bad about that uh, deal. Bill, thank you for joining us. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Break the Huddle, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at C Do M Rights. You can follow Fear the Sword at Fear the Sword. Uh, follow the podcast at Locked On Cavs and subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Leave us a rating and review if you like this show. Um, thanks again to Bill for hopping on on short notice and just breaking down the Tai Lu news uh, again. If you didn't. See the full episode we also had up today with Chop from Complex. It's a really good episode. We talked about Kyrie, talked about Larry Sanders, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow when Jacob Rosen from Waiting for Next Year and Hardwood Proxes joins us to talk about the fun that is the Cavs salary cap. (laughs) 